Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find the links to the shows on our Twitter feed, on our Instagram story. Also hit up more Titans practice content on our TikTok account. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us. And they help out you guys. Wilson County Hyundai, if you are in need of a new car, make Wilson County Hyundai a part of that car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for any comprehensive orthopedic or sports medicine care. And Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you fbhp.com slash atoz so uh, before we dive into a titans conversation about a uh, position group that i saw really uh, make a difference in mandatory minicamp that we'll kind of dive into a, a good conversation about we do have an update on jeffrey simmons as yesterday uh we did a lot of the show about Jeffrey Simmons situation. He did not practice in mandatory minicamp. He did show up to the Titan facility. He rode a bike throughout practice. Uh, he spoke to the media after Wednesday's practice saying it's a part of he and Vrabe's plan for him to work on things off the field. But we all thought this could be a contract situation. And so the update is this reported by Tron Davenport, but I'm also reading from Jack Gentry's article uh, at a with the help of his uncle, Jason Hatcher, uh, Pro Bowl defensive end Jeffrey Simmons has retained Walking Business Sports Group as a team of advisors and negotiators to work out his next contract. The group in, in, includes NFL agent Paul DeRozelle, a seasoned attorney with 12 years of legal experience. So Jeffrey Simmons previously did not have an agent. Now he's got an agent. So, Zach, I don't know what you think. But I think the next few weeks of Paul DeRozelle and John Robinson and Vin Marino, uh, they're going to have some conversations, whether it's on the boat at a marina or in the office or on the beach or whatever John Robinson's doing for his NFL break. Uh, Jeff Simmons' agent will be hitting him up. I'm for sure on that. I thought it was funny. Yeah, Jimbo is pretty. He's right on cue on with me. You get the the, the clock emoji, right? And the, I'm going more timing than clock. So this is how I looked at it. After some of those answers, the big Jeff was at the podium. I think he a little shaky ground with he had his canned answers we talked about, and then got questions thrown his way. And I don't think he handled those very well. And then it, it became public that he didn't have an agent. Usually that's never a great case. It doesn't, doesn't mean that well, he hasn't, he out. hasn't had an agent this entire time in his career because well, you, you he remember, also hasn't negotiated a, a contract at this a price. Well, because well, well, rookie contracts are slotted, right? It right. depends on where you're drafted and that's the, the deal you get. Right. So you don't really ne necessarily have to have the smartest agent in the room on your rookie deal. So maybe big Jeff saved that 3% of his rookie contract instead of paying it to an agent for not you know doing much of anything. But what I thought happened was over the this week, it got out. It became public information, if people didn't already know, that he didn't have an agent. You know what happens? Agents are salesmen. I, you know, they sometimes are sleazy, but they're salesmen at heart. I guarantee he got plenty of calls from his team trying to say, hey. I'll be your agent. Let me be your agent. This is what I can get you. So probably not a great sign for John Robinson and the Tennessee Titans because we know how agents sometimes work, a la A.J. Brown, right? Uh, but, you know, John Robinson deals with agents all the time. I don't understand how he does that. That would drive me nuts. But I bet you agents came calling after we found out this week that Jeffrey Simmons didn't have one and he had a team. So yeah. makes yeah. a lot hey, of sense. This big Jeff, hey, I'd like an opportunity to earn 3% of your next contract that I'm going to get you. It's going to pay you a lot of money, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly. Now, Jason says, and we'll move on after this. Jason says, why do a deal with two years left? It seems early. Well, Jason, the, the reality is the Titans would like to do the deal next year, right? Uh, because he does have two years left with uh, the last year of his rookie deal plus a fifth-year option. But, Jason, if you're Big Jeff and you know that you have a massive, massive uh, payday coming up 
and you're only going to get $2 million this year. If you're big Jeff, you want more than $2 million in year four. Well, and you're you worth more than two. Yeah. You know, you're worth a lot more than $2 million. You shouldn't be playing. We sat there yesterday and said, who's the best player? Who's the best defensive player on the Tennessee Titans? And the answer is Jeffrey Simmons. You ain't worth $2 million. You're worth a lot more. So, we'll, uh, this is a, a situation that will be monitored over the next, let's say, four weeks. Yes, uh, for sure. A to Z Sports here live on this Friday. Let's get into uh, the the actual topic of the show. And I just, for the first time, read uh, Zach's graphic on the bottom left in the first box. I didn't read it until nine. It took me nine minutes into the show before I read Get It Right, Get It Tight, which made me laugh there. But anyway, the tight end position, Zach, was a massive issue a year ago. We knew that. Jeff Swain is back. Everybody else from that group is gone. Tommy Hudson's actually still around, although he did get hurt. Uh, I want to say that was that was last week in an OTA. Tommy Hudson came up lame in a drill, and we didn't see him in minicamp. But anyway, but you have new faces, right? With Austin Hooper, the free agent addition, and Chica Conquo, uh, the the draft pick out of Maryland. And what I saw this week in minicamp was fun. And I can't dive into specifics or schemes or the Titans would snipe me. But from what I saw from the Tennessee Titans and what they want to do with tight ends, I really think they have a group of athletes who can do a lot of different things that can help fix the problem from a year ago, right? Because a year ago, Zach, we everybody knew watching in the stands or watching on TV or watching with us on Titan game day, that if Anthony Ferkser was in there, they're probably throwing the ball, spreading them out. If Jeff Swain went in there, he's going to line up as a standard tight end and they're probably going to run the ball. If Michael Pruitt and Swain were both in, they're probably going to run the ball. They tipped their hand with their personnel and the tight ends were not able to help them play chess. And we knew with Johnny Smith, they had that tight end one who could be on the field, any down, any situation, any distance to go for a first down, and also really any personnel grouping. And I think from what I saw in minicamp with Austin Hooper and Chica Conquo, they've got two guys who can be those chess pieces to use in a lot of different unique ways that will put defenses in a really tough spot. We talked about it weeks ago, right? When before Austin Hooper became a Tennessee Titan, that was one, and we knew this even before the draft, right? I mean, this was a position that they had to address. They had bad tight end play last year. I mean, call it what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was bad. Anthony Ferkser was given an opportunity, and he didn't do a damn thing with it. Tight end one. This was his career to become Austin Hooper, to be honest, right? Like yeah. Austin Hooper got paid after his performance with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, got paid by the Cleveland Browns, and then we figured out what happened after that. You know, that was probably Baker's, probably Cleveland Browns' fault, and also Hooper, right? Everybody shared responsibility. Mm -hmm. But this was that was Ferkser's year. Swaim is what Swaim is. He's a good blocking tight end. You know, I, I put him in the, the same category as Cat Stevens and Anthony Fasano. But again, he had three touchdowns last no. year, right? So like Jeff Swaim at times was well, able to... But all the wide receivers were hurt. Yeah. So if all the wide receivers weren't hurt last year, I don't think Swaim picks up three touchdowns. So that that's two of the pieces. And then Michael Pruitt... There were some glimpses of good productivity last year with some touchdown catches. Michael Pruitt, and it's just unfortunate he had a season-ending injury late in the season, right? Mm -hmm. You can't do anything about that. He didn't return. And if you've ever seen Michael Pruitt in the locker room, that guy's jacked. Like, he's huge. And he played big when he was healthy last year. But this group of tight ends, I like. I like a lot. And... I told you my expectations are a lot higher for Austin Hooper because this is a prove-it year of a contract. He just got released, right? He didn't get his $40 because he got released before that contract uh, was, was finished and completed. He goes to the, the Titans, and we all know this is a great deal for the Tennessee Titans. One year, figure it out, see if you can kind of go back into the time machine and be that tight end that you were 
in Atlanta. And Chig, man, I Chig's versatility, I, I think, is very intriguing to me because we talked a lot about um, who's the tight end from Virginia that the Colts drafted. Jelani Woods. Woods. Yeah. Right. So Woods, we I was we were kind of fascinated by him. They go, he gets drafted, and Chig comes in here, and I feel like if he can put blocking together, this is the Janu mold, right? right? They've done this report before. This is kind of the rinse and repeat of what they did. FIU, Janu Smith gets the big deal. They got the best out of Janu. The Patriots are still trying to figure that out. Can you do what you did with Janu, with Chig, and help your offense? Austin, I'll ask you this question. I mean, does your does your trust level go up after minicamp with Todd Downing, after maybe seeing it for the first time well, with some it, new pieces? Well, there are some things, and I was talking to a couple of media members about Todd Downing the other day, and I'm going to keep those, for the time being, those conversations uh, behind closed doors and not get into that and save that for another day. But, you know, I think having a versatile tight end group helps a lot. It helps everybody. It helps Ryan Tannehill, helps the offensive line, helps the offensive coordinator, it helps the personnel groupings. It helps everybody. And I think that's what the Titans have. And, and about Chig, because, and I can go through positive things that we've seen from all three of these guys. But Chig, I thought, had a massive jump from the first time I saw him in rookie minicamp to what I saw him do the last two days of mandatory minicamp with everybody there. Like it was just a month. I mean, he was catching touchdown passes, but Zach, he caught four touchdown passes in seven on seven red zone drills. The last two days of practice three on Tuesday and one on Wednesday. And there might've been more than the one on Wednesday, but four touchdown passes in the red zone from Chig alone and three of them were from Ryan Tannehill. One of them was from Logan Woodside. It's not like Chig was scoring touchdowns, catching it from Malik Willis up against guys who will not even make the practice squad. No, this is Ryan Tannehill throwing Chig three touchdown passes on back-to-back days of practice uh, in seven-on-seven red zone work. So I, I, I really like in a month time of seeing Chig go from rookie minicamp to catching four touchdown passes and mandatory minicamp. I mean, you got to be excited about what he can do. And like, he's got to put everything together. Like I I think, you know, we don't, there's no pads on, right. We don't know how he's going to be physically in the run game. Can he hold up? But there's a lot to be excited about with the tight end group in general. And I, and I'm excited and I can't go deep into it. I'm excited about how they can utilize them to throw defenses into a decision on how they want to play, right? No, you're right. in the, all, all three of these guys, big dudes, right? Austin Hooper's a tree. Jeff Swain is a bigger tree that doesn't move as well as Hooper. Chig is a really impressively physically put together guy. So you're gonna if you're gonna have three of those guys in the field at the same time, what how are you guarding them? on defense, what type, how many DBs, how many linebackers you get out there to help deal with three big guys that can move and run routes. So I want to get the chat involved. Yeah. And I think we've got a good question. And also I'll let you kind of go and, and preface before the, cause you need to know some information before we get to our tight end question. But yes. Austin, I'm going to ask you a question, true or false question. Okay. Before we get to our chat question. Okay. True or false the tight end position is the most upgraded, improved position on the Tennessee Titans roster. Yeah, it's true. That's huge. And Carlos brings up so much more excited about the potential of this offense. This is a facet that Ryan Tannehill, and look, I'm very critical of Ryan Tannehill, and we should be because of the three-pick divisional playoff game that fell short. We all know that. And you know, I, I always think of what the ifs, like what could have changed if he would have gone down and gotten a field goal and won that game and all the other stuff that I think all mm-hmm. Titans fans think, like the what ifs. But for the tight end, he had success when he had an actual tight end. Ten, and I, I'll say this again, I'll say this all season. 
Ryan Tannehill has never had a tight end one for the Tennessee Titans for all 17 or 16 weeks of a season. He never has. Somebody's either gotten hurt, somebody's role has changed, or somebody has underperformed at the tight end position since he's been here. And and I'll say this, Ryan Tannehill in his blowout 2020 season when Corey Davis had a good year and A.J. Brown had the prolific year and things were moving, Derrick Henry's 2,000-yard season, even then, you look at what Ryan Tannehill is as a quarterback in the hierarchy of quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill's ceiling is not as high as Russell Wilson's or Justin Herbert's or some of the other good, good to be great quarterbacks. Isn't Ryan Tannehill the prototypical quarterback that thrives with the tight end position because of maybe, and I'll say this, the lack of talent? Ryan Tannehill is not the most talented quarterback in the world. Not like Patrick Mahomes, not like Aaron Rodgers, not like the superstars of the league. I feel like what makes logical sense to me, the tight end position is probably one of his best assets because it is somewhat of a safety net yeah. to help his in in his deficiency. But, that, but Zach, that's everybody, right? I mean, Tom Brady had Gronk for years and wanted Gronk back, right? Aaron Rodgers had Robert Tunyon. Before that, uh, who was the tight end? Uh, Bubba Franks. Jamaica, no, I'm saying Jermichael Finley. Yeah, yeah, like throwback fantasy football name from there. I was but going again, Bubba like, Franks. That was a good name. <laughs> but uh, there's, look, tight ends are good for quarterbacks. Travis Kelsey with Patrick Mahomes. But like, aren't it, they, my point is, aren't they better for quarterbacks that aren't elite? That's, I think, my point of what better this for quarterbacks that, who are elite. No, no, I, I think, look, you, you they don't have the superstar wide receiver anymore. We don't know what Traylon Burks is going to be. Right, Robert I'll Woods it, is what Robert Woods is. I'll You're going to have to piece way. this together. I'll put it this way. It is easier in the NFL to complete passes across the middle than it, to make throws across the middle than to make throws outside the numbers. Is that better? And yes. tight ends run through the middle, right? That is their domain, is the hash marks. It takes a higher talented throw to put something outside the numbers in the right spot in the right time. And with all that risk reward, right? So I'll say that it's easier to complete and to make throws in the middle of the field than outside, which is where the tight ends are. Chris, Chris Sims said that exact same thing. And uh, if you've known the story of me and Chris Sims, Chris Sims and I, you know, when he was in the league, I caught passes for him. That's the exact thing. What we worked on, he was trying to get back in the league. I didn't have the speed of anybody. So I would sit there and stand 20 yard out. 20 yard out is probably the hardest pass that you can make, right? Whether it's a comeback route or back shoulder pass. I would stand there because he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to be thrown into a slow white guy like me because across the middle, I, I I can't give him anything. But I'd sit there and stand there. And it was all about accuracy. He'd try to hit me right here, right? I'd stand there, I'd face him right there. That justifies what, again, a great quarterback needs to work on that. But that seam route, and we we looked at NWI last year. What was what was Tannehill's money maker with NWI? It wasn't that last pass that he threw last season. Go to the first down yard line, turn around, catch it, and fall backwards. Or turn around and run. Yeah, and so that right, and NWI played that uh, role a lot, where John and Smith had played it before. So anyway, let's get into this conversation and ask this question because uh, we do want to ask a question based off of last year. Last year, the Titans tight end group caught eight touchdown passes all season long. Last year, the Titans tight end group caught eight touchdown passes all season long. The year before, in 2020, with John and Smith, they caught 12. Right. So here's our question over or under 11 and a half touchdowns from the Titans tight ends this season, over or under 11 and a half touchdowns from the Titans tight ends this season. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau health plans. Yeah, FBHP is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan at the beginning of the year. And man, am I glad that I did. I save 20 percent every single month on my health plan. I feel secure. I like what I have. I've got a great policy and I have better coverage at a better rate and I get better service. I called and talked to the, to the people at 
Farm Bureau Health Plans, and they walked me through this process. And I asked a ton of questions, probably more questions than a person that you'll ever meet. I'm going to interrogate you because especially if it's about my health, I, I need to know these, these things. What do I get? Do I get free teledoc conferences? Yes, I've already experienced that. Do I get free teeth cleanings after six months? Yes, I do. Do I get a contact allowance? Man, I can't wait to get new contacts. I don't need them right now. But when I do, I have an allowance. I think it's like 100 bucks. Boom goes the dynamite right there to make sure that my eyes, I'm taking care of my eyes. It truly is a health plan. I would... I would really urge everybody right now to think about what is your health plan and can it be improved? Just call them, get a quote, fbhp.com slash A to Z. You can go online that way, or you can go online and give them a call at their number on their website, walk through the process that I did and start saving money and have a great health plan. That's fbhp.com slash A to Z. Hey, download the BetMGM app. And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that uh, with Golden State winning another title, I got 300 bucks extra with my BetMGM account based on my futures bets. But hey, th- normally we talk about, hey, new users, new users. How about existing users? We got a fun game for you today, and it's called No Run First Inning Risk-Free, right? So what this means is in any Major League Baseball game today, all you got to do is put a bet up to $20 on no runs in the first inning. And if there is only one run scored, then you get that money back in that first inning, right? So no run first inning risk-free bet up to $20. That's for any existing user as well. For any Major League Baseball game today, you put on the prop bet of no runs in the first inning. And if only one run is scored in the first inning, you get your bet back up to 20 bucks with BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, and eligibility requirements. Awards issued with knowledge of free bets. Site credit for bets expiring seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. Zach, we're asking the question now. Over or under 11 and a half touchdown catches from the Titans tight ends this season. Over under 11 and a half. Last year, they had eight. And the year before, they had 12. The 12 touchdown catches were from four different guys. Jonu, Pruitt, Swaim, and Ferkser. Last year, the eight were Swaim, uh, Pruitt, and Ferkser. So over under 11 and a half. And Ferkser did have a fumble recovery in the end zone. Doesn't count as a catching tight end. Passing. uh, Receiving uh, touchdown. Wow. Or passing Uh, touchdown. Or passing touchdown. But he did score. And I remember that. And look, I, I, that just reminds me, look, I'm a man of my word. I need to, to, you need to order me a onesie. Oh crap. You're right. And I hate to say that, but I, I'll hold you accountable there. And shout out. I saw this comment earlier. Shout out Olivia Burns. Apparently, maybe she doesn't get to tune in as often. Yeah. Finally got to tune in, go to the Nashville Raiders and Titans game. So, look, we we support A to Z sports fans that support us. Our question is over under 11 and a half touchdowns. Austin's kind of run down what the last two years have been. Jimbo says over, as does Ryan and Nate. But Michael says under. Brian says under two tone zone says over Roy says over Mark Jones says over BMO says over G man on base though says under Max says over Um, George says over Deborah says over under from Steven over from Jessica over just barely from Titans Kyle Valentino goes over so does Zach but Andrew says under Johnny says over. So majority are saying over, but then you got Apollo coming in here with under. So does Dave. Will Dotson says over. So does Josh. So a string of overs coming in from Josh, David, and Aaron. Caleb says over. The threat of Henry in the red zone will also help this number. Okay, so I told you the numbers. Last year, eight tight end touchdown catches. The year before, 12 tight end touchdown catches. You want to go the year before? So with Tannehill, 2019. Five. Well, and Five. he only played, you know, Mario. That was Mariota year, right? Mariota played six. Tannehill played ten. 
uh, but only five. But if you include offensive tackle touchdown catches, then it, Dennis Kelly had one. David Questenberry had one. So seven, if you want to, because they were extra tight ends on those plays. So you can kind of say seven if you feel like it. But so the last three years, under 11 and a half has hit twice. Only one time has it gone over that 11 and a half. So Zach, how do you feel about this? Well, I've got to stick to my word, right? So we had a conversation and and I hold myself uh, accountable for what I said. And I, I remember going back to Austin Hooper and that conversation that we had there. And I going back to his touchdown catches, the most that he had ever had was in Atlanta in 2019. And he caught six touchdown passes from Matt Ryan. I remember saying that I want him or expect him to catch five for 700 yards. I think he's going to be very productive. But in the touchdown category, what does that leave me? I mean, it, it leaves me with a lot of touchdowns that Chig and Swain are going to have to catch. I think this number is under. I think I could see Hooper possibly getting to eight, but I don't see Chig until unless he has this breakout year. Let's let's tab Swain for two max. I don't think he's going to get three. I think he well, got three he got, last year because of the wide receiver spot, well, right? Well, and he was tied in one. That's why. <laughs> Swain looking around like I'm tied in one. How's this working out? How did this? Um, that was kind of Ferkser all year. <laughs> um, I have to say under because I just don't see where else they're going to get it. The production is going to come from Henry scoring touchdowns, Robert Woods scoring touchdowns, Traylon Burke scoring touchdowns, and there will be a mystery wide receiver, and it may be Kyle Phillips that scores some touchdowns. You hope that he is kind of the reincarnation of what that slot needs to be, right? That they've, I mean, when the Titans looking at that slot, and I'm not trying to get off topic, but when did they have that dy that dynamo at the slot? The, and I, I'm, I'm going to throw out some names that I'm not comparing Kyle Phillips to, but like the Wes Welkers of the world that could go across the middle. You know, when when the Titans really had that slot guy that. I mean, I mean Bobby Wade. I mean, that the, they haven't. I mean, Kendall Wright, I guess, if I want to be actually serious about it. Yeah. Kendall, I mean. If they can get something out of that slot, that can. So I, I say all of that because I don't see the touchdowns at the tight end position getting to 12. I think it could get to 10, but I don't think, think it could get to 12. Here's where I'm going to go over. Wow. Is yeah, is because I don't trust the wide receivers to make those plays in the red zone. What happened last year was a lack of red zone finishing. The year before, right, when everything was clicking, they had the best offense in franchise history. Derrick Henry had 2,000 yards, and you had uh, A.J. with 11 touchdowns, Johnny with eight. That's a lot of red zone touchdowns. Corey Davis had five, right? So you were scoring more touchdowns, and you had tight ends combined for 12 touchdowns. That's red zone scoring. And so I think when you get in the red zone this year, you've got the flexibility that I was talking about earlier of – three tight ends that can make defenses be in mismatches, right? Because if you're going to use three tight ends in the red zone with Derrick Henry, what's the defense going to do with that? They're going to respond with their heavy package. Well, when two of your tight ends are Austin Hooper and Chig, now you've got two mismatches with the heavy package. Plus you're going to have one wide receiver. Is that Burks? He's a pretty heavy dude. We know that. Or is it Woods who can be a kind of a move piece, right? <laughs> <laughs> but my, my point is I like the red zone scoring threat. So now they have more red zone scores, more buckets, right? We always talk like what's the Titans go to when you need a bucket? Well, Jimbo brings up something that the red zone that I don't think we brought up the consideration of Ryan Tannehill scoring touchdowns. Cause but that's, but that's he, been fairly consistent the last couple of years. He had seven rushing touchdowns last year. And I believe he had seven the year before. Yeah. He, he had uh, four the year before in 20. No, that's 2019. Sorry. He had seven the last two years, right? So with 33 touchdown passes, he had seven rushing touchdowns. 
if you want to go to 2021, he had how many uh, passing touchdowns? 21 passing touchdowns and seven rushing. So it, the difference here is the 12 passing touchdowns. And I think that's where a lot of stalling out in the red zone happened where you have to force to kick more field goals. I think Chig has probably changed your perception over the last week of actually you seeing him. And it should, right? You have four touchdown passes in minicamp, the progression of when he first started to where he is now. But here's the thing that makes me, okay, I'll let you Well, I'll just say this. Austin, we've watched NFL football and covered practice for long enough. Decade, right? Don't be fooled by rookies, right? They look good in practice, but they don't always play good when the bullets are flying. And it's and it's the whole thing for Traylon Burks. I think the expectation for Traylon Burks are way too high. It is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to change that. But I, rookies never usually come through as much as you truly think that they will after watching them in practice. Well, AJ did pretty good. But um, AJ is the most talented wide receiver the Titans have ever drafted right. in the history of their franchise. But again, like, I, like I'm going off of that. Like the reason why I'm much higher on Chig is because I have only missed one practice the Titans have had open to the media. It was the second day of rookie minicamp when I went to the beach, right? But I saw every OTA practice and every minicamp practice that Chig Conquo ran with the veterans. And the, the amount that he was being used from the first OTA with the vets to the last mini camp practice, considerably more opportunities for Chig. And another thing that I continue to talk about throughout the entire process was how much I liked where Ryan Tannehill and Austin Hooper's on field relationship was that when Robert Woods isn't healthy enough right now to participate in more full team act, full team period drills, and he's on the sideline because of the ACL, and Burks is nowhere to be found, and they're doing full team 11 on 11 or 7 on 7 passing, I see 81 catching a lot of balls, right? And then the last two days this week, I saw 85 catching touchdowns in those same drills. Remember what I told you on Wednesday morning of how pissed off Kevin Byard was that Chig had three touchdown catches, one of them over him? Like, that's not just Kevin Byard, like, a rookie who's, you know, beat him on a play doesn't get Kevin Byard to react that way, right? Chig's got some ability. No, I Kenny like Hol- Chig. I just am managing my expectations because I've seen too many rookies come through this league. I've watched them practice. You fall in love with them a little bit, and they but- never perform the – like, it's Kyle Phillips. I think, I, like, in my mind, Kyle Phillips is – Better than Bobby Wade, right? <laughs> but yeah, the Bobby Wade comment was an absolute joke. Yeah, I mean, it, right. It was but, fu- it was meant to be funny because everybody forgets about Bobby Wade. In my mind, Kyle Phillips can come in here and be Hunter Renfro. All right, so uh, there's there, right, but he I'll can't. But he's not. He's not going to. But but Chig is doing way more than what Kyle Phillips is doing. Well, Chig, you could you. I think the comparison is Jonu Smith, right? But I don't expect him to catch five touchdowns in the first five games of the season. No, but that was Johnny's third year. But here's here's the difference, Zach, is Johnny was tied in one. Chig's not. Hooper is. So we have to remember Hooper is the tight end one. So so what so so Chig how do you is, get to 12, Austin? Because you said, and I, I you said four touchdown pat touchdowns from uh from Hooper when we had that conversation however many oh, that, weeks ago. Gonna, I think I think Hooper, okay, how you get to 12, right? I think it's 6, 3, and 3, or 6, 4, and 2. Uh, something like that, like uh, where Hooper is leading the, the tight end group in touchdown catches because he's tight end one, and I really, really feel good about the relationship with Tannehill and Hooper. I Let's remember this. I like that a lot, where Hooper and Tannehill are. That's a serious statement from me. A lot of people also see that from the Titans media. So I think Hooper is more like a six or maybe even a seven touchdowns because we don't know who the wide receiver one is going to be catching touchdowns. I could see where Hooper leads the team in touchdown catches because he's had the most good. You don't want that to happen. But but Austin Hooper has had the most high quality work with Tannehill. Well, yeah, because Burks is huffing and puffing on the sidelines, right? We know that, but if I'll tell you this, Austin, if Hooper's leading this team in touchdown catches, the Titans 
I don't. I don't think they make the playoffs. I'll just say that. I don't. If, if Hooper's leading the 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 damn team in touchdown catches, they ain't making the playoffs. They don't not get enough production. They're not going to keep up and look at their schedule. They're not going to keep up with the offenses that they face. That's okay. my point. All right. So let me get back to my comments about the tight ends. So I think Hooper is a six or seven touchdown guy. I think Chig is a specialty player. He will not, while he's a rookie in a later round pick, he's got a specific set of skills to be used a specific way to benefit him and the team. They're not going to put too much on Chig for no reason. Like they're going to put him in this, in the position to succeed. And then there's Swain, right? So now you've got the facts that everybody forgets about Jeff Swain. That's how he gets three touchdowns last year. So I think if you're trying to get to 12, I think Hooper is a six or seven guy. I think Chig is around four. And I think Swain gets a, gets two or three. Well, I think we've, we bet MGM this and we said the correct line. I think yes, that was we, the correct yeah, it's line. It's tough. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not. It's not. But it's about the versatility of the offense. I believe more that this tight end group can catch a lot of touchdowns because I don't know what to expect from the wide receivers. Well, and Brian brings this up. You can answer this question for Brian. Uh, he has not practiced since June 1st. He missed. <laughs> He missed the last OTA and he missed the two days of minicamp. And he will not practice until July 26th. Well, July 26th, Traylon Burks will show up for a conditioning test and we'll find out if he will practice in the next few days after. I that. do not wish bad things upon people, but man, if he doesn't pass that conditioning test, Ugh. hellfire and brimstone. I mean, because you get you now, you're starting to feel Isaiah Wilson uh, and his big ass panda chain lurking over you, right? Like, yeah, the, now that's like the worst. Now that's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is, and and look, I think if I'm trailing Burks, this is what I do. And you want to stay focused, and you want to be the man, and you want to be that first round pick of why they picked you. You get in the weight room, and you get a guy that will work your ass twice a day. You call up. Sanders, you call up Fit Sanders, Melvin is, Sanders, and you you're you you move to Dallas for four weeks. That's what you do. If I'm trailing Burks, I go to the SMU campus. I get on that hill and I run morning, noon, and night, three a days. That's what I do if I'm trailing Burks. I call it, and and I, I and that's a good like I'm literally I'm serious. I'm dead ass serious, Austin. I yeah. go and I get Derrick Henry's phone number and I say King. I need some help. I got asthma. I, I'm overweight at times. I don't want that to be my life in the pros. I need Sanders fit to get my ass in gear. What can you do? And I'm sure the King will say, here's his number. Do what he says. Eat what he tells you to eat. And the conditioning test is not going to be a thing. Now, will that happen? I, I don't know. He may be going back fishing in Arkansas. Who knows? But don't eat the fish. No more fish fries, Traylon. Go see King Henry's guy. Yeah. Uh, Roger asks, is Burke staying in Nashville to work out? So I, I can't confirm that, but I do know, and Mike Vrabel said several times, that the rookies across the NFL, once mandatory minicamp is over, which is now, the rookies have the ability to stay in the facility for an extra couple of weeks to get extra work done. I don't know what the restrictions are. Uh, when it comes to what they can do on the field. I'm sure it's more of a um, acclimation when it comes to the mental side of it. But but yeah, I mean, that's that's the situation there too. So uh, A to Z Sports here live on this Friday. I have a high, I have, I'm just really intrigued to see what these tight ends can be uh, because of the versatility they provide and the bind that they will be able to put defensive in, defenses in with personnel packages that are tough to guard. Now you got to execute, right? But I saw Chig catch four touchdown passes in two days, three of them from Ryan Tannehill. I feel pretty good about well, it. Well, and the threat is Derrick Henry, right? Everybody and their mother knows that you can't let 22 get behind you. So that's where the box gets stacked. And Austin, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, the middle of the field is your friend. Those linebackers come up for Henry. 
that's where the play action fake the seam uh, route. Well, I mean, and if Chig can get in open space, we know he's fast. Sure. Right. Yeah. Let, let, well, let's just say this. You know, hypothetically, it's you know first and goal at the five, and the Titans bring in three tight ends and Derrick Henry, right? And you got one tight. We got one receiver. Burks yeah. out. He he's he's your Mike Evans fade threat you know you don't so have to run real far if you're on the, the defense line. yeah you start the defense is gonna have to bring in extra linebackers <clears throat> and then all of a sudden you line up in the eye formation all of a sudden you audible out Tannehill steps into the shotgun you get hooper and chig move into the slot not wide and now you're like oh crap now what <laughs> read, op- read read option to derrick henry Tannehill could choose to run it throw it this? hand I, it off yeah i mean there's so many there's so many things they could do because of the athletes they have the versatility they have at the tight end position. We need to have this conversation next week. We got a couple of weeks to, to, to kind of get in the interiors of what the Titans are doing. We need to have the veteran wide receiver conversation next week. We can do that. We All right. Let's cause I also, it. cause I also do have some, you know, some roster bubble wide receivers that I thought showed a lot showed some promise uh during mini camp and OTAs that we'll talk about as well. I have that topic banked as well from some observations from mini camp. A to Z Sports here live. You got anything else to add to that conversation? No, I think we uh we took care of business with the tight end group and I do think it is it's gonna be it's gonna come up big for the Titans success this year. There's a lot of question marks, but I have less question marks about the tight end position than maybe I've had in, in some time. Yeah, for sure. A to Z Sports here live. There is a potential sale of the Nashville Predators franchise to a very familiar name. Is it a good or a bad thing? We'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second, but let me tell you guys about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. Whenever you get hurt in life, you got to know where to go to and where to turn. Again, boneandjointtn.org. They have over a dozen physicians there at their Franklin campus who specialize in any type of injury you could possibly have. I've got like a plantar fascia issue. Dr. Watson's my guy I got to go to, which you guys know Dr. Watson. He's the one who taught us everything about the Derrick Henry injury. So I'm going to go see him in the next couple of weeks. Uh, when I get some time to get help figure out how to fix my foot, what's going on with it, how to rehab it, how to get better where I can go run again because uh, I haven't been able to the last couple of weeks. So boneandjointtn.org, trust them with your body and recovery so you can get back to doing what you want to do and living that life you want. In Franklin, also have offices in Brentwood, Nolensville, and Thompson Station, boneandjointtn.org. Is these sports. We are brought to you by BetMGM, our title sponsor. You can use that promo code. But this is unique for users, right? So if you already have BetMGM, this is great because they are p- putting out a special no-run first-inning wager. If you have confidence, you got confidence in BetMGM, make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any fri- Friday Major League Baseball game, and if one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in a free bet. I mean, th- they don't. I, they're going to be doing more of this, which is great, but yeah. this is huge, right? So if you he, he, already signed up. I've got an idea on this, Zach, because we had the A to Z Sports Pick Show yesterday for the NBA Finals game. I'm going to tweet from the A to Z account at Alan Bell and say, hey, Alan, give us the best Major League Baseball game today to use this no-run first inning bet on to see if Alan can serve us up the right move. I like it. There's tw- Hey. Teamwork makes yeah. the dream work, That's right? right. <laughs> Download the BetMGM app today in your Apple or Android app, our Android app store right there, BetMGM. All right, so there's some news coming out when it comes to the Nashville Predators, and it's the fact that this team is nearing a sale, which is very interesting because, uh, you know, whenever you hear that, you think, oh, no, what's going on? And so – what this was being reported about is that Bill Haslam, the former governor of Tennessee is nearing a purchase of the Nashville predators. Uh, and that report is coming from uh, Sportico as my weather alarm goes off. I'm sure you can hear my uh, weather alarm 
going off there in the background. But Sportico values the Preds at $680 million, which is 26th in the NHL. And that Bill Haslam, the brother of Jimmy Haslam, the Browns owner, is nearing the purchase of the franchise. Is this a good or a bad thing? Good thing or a bad thing? Because I can see things going either way because we all know what a dumpster fire the Haslam's have done and been with the Cleveland Browns since they purchased that franchise several years ago. And to take it further, whenever the Haslam's have their fingerprints over Tennessee athletics in Knoxville, things don't go very well. And what's happened with the new, with the new hiring of the athletic directors is the Haslam's don't have the influence on Tennessee athletics like they did several years ago. And things are getting healthier with Tennessee. They're not very healthy with the Browns right now. I know Bill is different than Jimmy, but is this a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's a, it's a good question um, because Bill is not Jimmy. Right. Bill is related to Jimmy. So Bill sees Jimmy, probably has Christmas around with Jimmy. Jimmy is bad. I think Bill can be good because Bill is a billionaire, right? The multi-billionaire. He's got multiple billions of dollars, right? So that tells me in Tennessee, you know, this doesn't mean that the team's going to move. I don't think that the team's going to move. They've I got, think this means they're staying, right? Because right? Bill Haslam's a Tennessee guy. Yeah, a Tennessee guy. I think this is a good thing because I think – with the Preds and hockey, hockey is different than football, basketball, and baseball, right? And the way you approach your roster. And we saw that with the Stanley Cup run that they made. They put together, Poyle put together a great roster of young stars combined with trades like Ryan Johansson. They had P.K. Subban. Like, they had the one, they usually get one big name, how you, you do this, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are unique in itself. But you have to draft well or trade and get a young player like Philip Forsberg. Yossi has been the captain, so he had the anchor. They they made the decision to trade away Shea Pat or Shea Weber, excuse me, and and get PK Subban, and they built that core team. That's now starting to wear, right? I mean, that era of of hockey, Pekka is retired. That era of hockey is gone, and it's unfortunate they got swept by the Abs because of. Two things. Game two, overtime, they didn't win. But more importantly, Soros was out. Their best, I mean, their goalie. I mean, the goalie is the, the, the key. I think that this is a good thing because I think Bill, usually with new toys, first year, and this is kind of the perfect timing, they're going to have to have a reset. New players are going to make another Stanley Cup run if they ever going to. This is when they reset assess they've got a good home base in bridgestone they got a rabid fan base that is in waiting they want the preds to win again and i think usually when uh, you buy something like this you start to play with it you start to put more money into it you start to want it to succeed in a short period of time so i'm saying five years this is a good thing for nashville and their hockey team because I think that they can get back to their winning ways. I'm, I'm saying good. I, I also think it's good, too. I'm going to read a tweet from Mike Herndon uh, who, that I agree. He says, if the Preds report is true, it's likely good news for the franchise. We'll always appreciate this group for stepping up to keep this team in Nashville when they did, but a stronger owner probably wouldn't have let Poyle linger on his 2017 pipe dream as long as he has. That's also true, too, right? Bill will be more hands-on, and that kind of goes to that statement you just made. And here's the good-bad we'll find out. Sometimes hands-on is good. Sometimes hands-on is bad. Jimmy, hands-on, very bad. I mean, purgatory. Cleveland Brown purgatory for... Well, and then signing Des Deshaun Watson to $230 million fully guaranteed in the middle of of all these allegations and but Austin, he, that he had to do that. I don't doubt. I don't, I, I don't blame the Browns for doing that because we have to think about what happened. Deshaun Watson picked the Cleveland Browns. He had pickers choice. Nobody remembers this, right? Oh, and, and Cleveland has an out to the contract that was reported earlier this week, right? You have but to pick him. If he picks you, 
he he's a quarterback that you I mean he's unbelievable he's a great quarterback I don't know his personal life I don't know all that other stuff yeah, there's just there's just a and that's the thing well, that's the problem with the hat with Jimmy Haslam is that morals are out the window but right Sean picked you well yeah but you the can't Browns, say no but the Browns also had like they threw their name in the ring for this well because Baker right they couldn't go back to Baker they're they trying, still have, trying to figure that they out they didn't have to do this they it's did. A, because Deshaun Watson showed interest in their no, franchise, they no, want to win. I mean, yes, but they didn't have to do this. This is a Deshaun picked the Browns. I, yes, after the Browns, Carolina or Atlanta. I know, but like the Browns didn't have to do anything. What are you talking about? They had yes, they no, had to. They did not. No, they did not. No, they did not. If they, they want to win, they did. Zach. Jimmy Haslam owns a franchise. He didn't have to do a GD thing that he doesn't want to do or have to do. When it he comes, did not have to do this. When it comes to attaining elite quarterback, you have to do it. No, especially with something as murky and cringy as Deshaun Watson. They knew what it was. They knew what they were getting into. They did not have to do this. They haven't out to the contract. I understand Austin. that, but they did not have to do this like you're saying. They did. No, they Deshaun Watson picked them. They could have said no. That that's, that's and, not and a good. Why decision. do you think Deshaun? Like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. It's not. You're too focused on the masseuse stuff. Stop that. Jimmy Haslam had to take a business decision, and you know what? He structured the Browns structured the contract accordingly. Everybody throws out two hundred sixty million, two hundred sixty million. If Things to come to fruition and Deshaun Watson goes down, he's not going to get that money. Do you understand that? Yes, I understand that. But I don't think you do. So it's I, not that bad of a, uh, a I'm bet. telling you that I understand it. I just think it. They, I'm disagreeing with you saying that they had no other choice but to do that. If that they want to win, then they had to do it. That is incorrect. If they, no, You're saying a fact that they had no other choice but to sign Deshaun Watson to that contract is factually incorrect. No, because they they put they threw their hat in the running. They they weren't going to back that off. They threw their hat in the running, and then all of a sudden, the guy Deshaun Watson picked them. They couldn't back out at the last second, especially at that time. And Austin, I hope you've been following the story. At that time, sixty six women hadn't come out. It had they had just actually Deshaun Watson had not it had not been prosecuted in the grand jury, right? So like. That hadn't happened. So the story was not as at, at its height as it is today. They had to do it because they threw their hat in the ring. Now, you could sit there and say, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. But once they did, they had to sign them. That's my point. Do you understand that? Do you agree with that? I, I don't. <laughs> they didn't have to do anything. Once they threw their hat in the mix, they had to. No, they did not have to. No, they did not. They did. They chose and to. They chose to. They didn't have to. They chose. They to. chose to put their hat in the mix. But and once then they he chose, chose them, to make. They chose to make the offer to win the, the the Deshaun Watson, whatever you want to call it. They that was their choice. There was no forced decision or forced move from the Cleveland Browns. Zach, the choice was to get involved. Once Deshaun Watson picked the Browns, you had no choice but to sign him. You want to win. No, they, they had a choice. They had a choice to not do it, and they did it. So, again, that's beyond that. But, again, the whole point is, back to the Pred situation, I think it's I think it's a good thing for Bill Haslam to buy the Preds. There's stability. There is a face. Because right now, who is the owner of the Preds? You don't Pecorine. know what the guy – Huh? <laughs> Pecorine. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. And there's no face. Sean Henry's been the president and CEO for, and has been the face for the ownership group, but they just kind of sit back in the shadows and let Sean Henry do and be the face of everything. But now Bill Haslam, if this goes through, Bill Haslam is the face of the Preds organization as the owner. They're going to stay in Nashville. They're not moving. And if anything, he's going to continue to invest more and more money because he's got more money than the current ownership group. And the current ownership group has done a good job of investing into the franchise. Like they keep that arena as one of the best, most improved arenas every year. Right. So it, it's only a good thing, I think.
I still want to talk about this Brown situation, I don't care. which is which is I, fascinating. I don't care to go through it any further. I mean, it, it is because it is a smart move. Okay. If you can get out of the contract, it's the right move at the time. Now that we're finding out more, I mean, it actually doesn't matter, to be honest. They made the decision, whether it's honestly, and I I, I look at this as he's already passed the threshold, which if it's 25 women, 66 women, or 666 women, right? Like, he's passed the threshold. I, I disagree. They're going to have to figure that out. I just and if you can get out of the contract and then he gets prosecuted or whatever, then... It makes it even worse. The fact that more and more women are coming out makes it even worse. It, it, it's... It's already it's like, past that, though. You no, know, it's like it's like when we asked Jarrell Casey, "What's the difference?" in because Jarrell Casey got sixty million dollar contract. We asked him if he won the six hundred million dollar lottery, would he keep playing football? He goes, "No." He goes, "We go why?" He goes, "What's the difference between six hundred million and sixty million?" And he goes, "That's why." What's the difference in twenty five women and sixty six women over double? Right? It's it makes it even worse. It makes it even worse. It is, it's not past any threshold. It continues to make it even worse. <laughs> That's the point. To wrap that conversation up, what do you think Roger Goodell will do? I have no idea. I I, I can't give a, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I can't give any type of opinion on a public platform of what I think he will do because I have no earthly clue. I think that he will suspend Deshaun Watson for six to ten games. I don't know that what that number is. Not strong enough. I I didn't. I didn't no, say it was no. strong. I'm you. I didn't. I'm just answering the this question. This is what you think, Deshaun. Uh, what you think Goodell will do, not what you would do. Correct. I, I think that six to ten games he'll suspend him because Roger Goodell's still a businessman. I mean, he's already we 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 know this, right? Whether moral or whatever. But the investigation, six to ten games. That's my. Well, I, I hope. And, and I look. Nate John says one year ban from the NFL. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised at that, but I don't think, I don't think that they're going to do that. Well, I understand these are very apples and oranges conversations. I want to preface it with that, but Calvin Ridley is out for an entire year because he placed a $1,500 bet again. I, I, but again, like that's a strong, you're on an apple orchard and an orange tree, bro. But again, I, Zach, I said that, right. But the precedent for using a gambling app is really strong, right? That's a strong precedent to set. It's the correct precedent to set. But, but this that is a fat no. It's just I different. understand. I understand you're you going to say even, I, you can't even throw that in there. I, no, it? I'm just saying that's a strong precedent. It's the correct precedent. I don't care if it's $25 bet or it's $25,000 bet. It's the correct precedent. What will this be? I have no idea because there is no precedent. But Calvin Ridley's out for a year for that. So, I, you know, I'm just curious to see how it's going to play out. That affects the integrity of the game. I get, I know that. I agree. Deshaun Watson and and all of the acquisition acquisition accusations. You're having a hard time. Do <laughs> not do not affect the integrity of the game. Yeah, but it, it affects, it affects the public perception of the uh, game. It affects a lot of things. It, but it's public perception, though. Ah, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. It is. And Eric is right. It is a slippery subject. But it is something that the Browns and the NFL are going to have to face. And Jimmy. Jimmy did sign up for it. Yeah. Everybody, all Preds fans just hope that Bill is smarter than Jimmy. Yeah. Because, look, Bill was a governor. Jimmy is a pilot flying J business owner that also went and had a really bad investigation and findings of how he ran his company. Right. So Jimmy's got a lot of mud stuff going on. Bill from everything seems to be a lot more organized than Jimmy. I agree. All right. So let's get the good news. Ain't that good news to wrap up the week, but first Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Palisade, the Sonata, you've got the Elantra. They have your perfect make and model, and it's a quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Go visit Payne Bone and his team. Payne Bone is family-owned and operated. They also have the Ionic that you can order, which is battery-powered, and that's huge in the world we live in today. Gas prices, fuel prices are out the wazoo, so get a fuel-efficient vehicle. Or get a battery-powered car. Well, Wilson County Hyundai has those for you. Perfect make and model. And when I say that, I mean that. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. 
Don't forget the BetMGM app. We talked about it earlier today. All you got to do is go find any Major League Baseball game and you bet on no runs scored in the first inning and you get that risk-free up to $20. So if there's only one run scored in the first inning, you get your bet back. So a no-run first inning is the prop bet to do. I'm going to tweet at Alan Bell uh, after the show and say, Hey, Alan. What's the baseball game we all need to bet on for no runs scored in the first inning? He'll know which pitching matchups to go to. He'll know what where we had the best chance of doing that. So that's with BetMGM. New users, existing users, everybody. No run first inning in Major League Baseball today. And it's risk-free if only one run is scored in the first inning. We get our bet back. Let's head to good news. <laughs> End our Friday and end our week like we always do with Ain't That Good News. Uh, Zach, I will let you go to the comment section. And then you said you've got two good newses. So I'll, we'll do a little good news sandwich here. Yeah, we could absolutely do that. Uh, I'll let some of the comments roll in as I post that question. My good news, this is what I found out. And I referenced, you know, again, it wasn't a slight talk about age. That will happen at the end. But 45-year-old men, what I have never done, Austin, and I, I look, I, I enjoy uh, a beer. I like beer. I'm not really, you know, I like whiskey every once in a while, wine when I'm at an Italian restaurant, but I like beer. I like IPAs, pale ales. For the first time recently, I drank Michelob Ultra. Oh, wow. I, I've never really done that. And so what I did as a kind of an experiment, a drink and Michelob ultra, I feel like and it may all make sense. It's why the PJ tour and probably live golf is going to jump on this, but why they've hitched their wagon to ultra. Cause you know, the older you get, the harder the hangover is, but the ultra low cow 4.3% alcohol. So you can, you know, drink about five more and it all works out. It all evens out. But I took when I got sick a couple of weeks ago when I had the flu, I had Pedialyte packets. So yeah. I drank, and this is, I drank six Mick Ultras, which if I would have drank six IPAs and woke up the next morning, I would have felt probably no good. Yeah. Six Mick Ultras, a Pedialyte packet, and one single cap of Advil liquid gels went to sleep. You wake up good. You don't wake up groggy or feeling like death, like we've all been, right? But if I would have drank in six IPAs and gone to sleep and tried to wake up at, you know, whatever time. So try this theory. Go to a Pedialyte packet, get some liquid gels. And look, I am not a doctor. This is full disclosure, so this is not medical advice. But the Ultra, I think, opened my eyes to Golf Dad. So good news to Golf Dad. They've been ahead of this game for a long, long time. Yeah, and younger you is probably making fun of Golf Dad this whole time. And now you're like, oh, I get it. Ah, yes. And they're like, yeah, you young idiot. We've been telling you this the whole time, right? <laughs> well, you get wiser as you grow older. That's just the cycle of men, right? It's young guys making fun of the old guys, and then when they figure it out. They say, yeah, yeah, you young snapper. So, yeah, I mean – Lucas the, says heavy, like six IPAs, like 20 nickel. <laughs> but uh, both are having a good time, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right. It is esports. Ain't that good news? You want to read some other good news? Yeah. Uh, Stephen King. Uh, good news. The babies in my uh, backyard flew their nest. I guess talking about birds yeah. uh, and are chirping somewhere else. Hope. Uh, they are okay. So it's bird, like we all wake up to birds chirping sometimes. Um, let's see. Uh, Derek is good news. Maybe towards us. Saw you guys add on Instagram yesterday for the first time. Don't know if it's new, but that's cool to see you guys are growing more. We are, we're always yeah. growing. You can go to our Instagram. Um, we're constantly trying to figure out ways to grow. Right. That's how my just brain is just functioned. Uh, good news. Uh, from Lou Man 007, our, our secret agent man says it rained today. Man, uh, we need some rain, right? Because it's been hot. Uh, Zach says, Good news taking his dad to the USFL this weekend for Father's Day. So that's got to be in Birmingham, right? That's right. That is Legion Field. 
So that's correct. That, that's a rough one. Olivia says, "Good news: nursed a baby back, uh, nursed a baby bird back to health." I don't hey, know how he, you do I, that. Uh, well, ask Olivia. Um, but also, uh, you you mentioned you had six Mick Ultras last night. There's been several times where you've had some word goof ups. <laughs> so maybe the, the Pedialyte didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but when six you Mick Ultras wouldn't have done that. No, I know, but I'm just saying <clears throat> it's very convenient that you've had some like weird like you couldn't figure out how to say accusations you couldn't well, figure look, out we, we all have we all have you, you couldn't figure out what type of touchdown anthony Ferkser scored last season <laughs> you didn't know what to call that it so was a fumble been, recovery yeah but you're like it wasn't a catching passing for uh touchdown it wasn't like, a like, it wasn't a received yeah that's yeah but, that's, that, but how would you say that I think it uh, it wasn't a reception or a touchdown catch or a passing touchdown. A touchdown it, catch. It, yeah, yeah. It took the the Mick Ultras made you think a little harder on that one. I only had six. Well, apparently that's the number for you to get jumbled up. <laughs> I blame Pedialyte. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. No, the Pedialyte would have made is making it better. What is your good news? My good news is a couple uh, birthdays. Last Saturday was my dad's birthday, so happy birthday. Uh, to my dad and also father's day is coming up on Sunday, but also Wednesday was a uh, happy birthday, Sophie. So our dog, Sophie turned 10, which is crazy because she acts like she's two, but she is now 10 and appreciate uh, my grandmother and one of our other friends for buying us four boxes of dog cookies. So uh, they didn't do that knowing it, but like each party bought two boxes of cookies and so now we have an influx of dog cookies and sophie and bella are very very thrilled with the uh two month supply of cookies they Do just you keep got those in the refrigerator no they're uh they actually go in the cupboard it's fine uh it's a brand called woofers it, they're amazing and i've tasted them they're pretty good they're just like sugarless we've cookies. eaten dog cookies before yes these some are good these some are bad good. yeah but these are good um, and they come in really creative, like birthday boxes or, you know, they have like pizza slices and they're all like, you know, decorative and fun, but, and they are obsessed with them. And so now we've got like er every morning, Sophie wakes up and it's like, all right, cookie time. I know where they're at. Goes right to the cookie stash because <laughs> we have four freaking boxes of cookies now. So that is my good news for this week. Well, I'll triple birthday birthday because my birthday is tomorrow and that's my good news. So going to enjoy that with, uh, group of friends and i may have a mick ultra i may not who knows you may uh, have seven mick ultra uh, yeah i, I may know. have seven <laughs> but uh that's my good news 35 years old we'll see where 35 takes me but uh happy to have made it this far and uh looking forward to making it a little bit longer absolutely happy early birthday to zach it's great when your birthday lands on a saturday and it, i think it, it landed on a saturday last year because there's a leap year Two years ago was a leap year. COVID was year was a leap year. So, oh, it was COVID. Well, then I've had weekend birthdays, right? Weekend birthdays are the best birthdays. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. All right, so everybody. Thank, thank you to the chat for all the, the birthday wishes. Yes. So, uh, happy weekend. Happy birthday to Zach. Hope everybody has a great weekend. It is supposed to also not be 100 degrees tomorrow. That's good, too. I did. Gonna, I was informed of that, too. It's only going to be like 91 which is nice, which is good. Yeah. All right. Everybody have a great weekend. We will see you guys Monday morning. Talk to you then. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. Adios.